Welcome to the Proclaim Columbus podcast. We are on a mission to equip people throughout the diocese to be missionary disciples. Hey everyone, it's Liz and Abby and Andrew. We're here for the Proclaim podcast, Proclaim Columbus podcast, actually. Um, so we don't upset our Vancouver friends. They're Proclaim. Sorry, guys. We're Proclaim Columbus, whatever. <laughs> um, we are joined today with Tina Birch, Director of Evangelization and Faith Formation from St. Francis de Sales, Newark. Welcome, Tina. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We're so excited to have you here. Yeah. Yeah, so um, we love Tina. She does all kinds of great things and helps us out with different initiatives, and she's doing amazing things at her parish. Um, but Tina, tell us a little bit about you. How did you end up where you are today? Well, <laughs> um, I don't know how many years ago, but um, I had I was always volunteering at church, and Father Dave Sizemore and I are good friends from back before he was even a priest. He was a seminarian, and we met him. And he, um, I had just kind of purged a lot of things in my house that I didn't need anymore, Jesus things. I thought, I'm not using that. And he called me. He said, hey, our youth minister just resigned. I want you to apply for this position. I'm like, what? <laughs> so that's how it started. So I applied and got the job. And I was a youth minister at St. John Newman for 12 awesome years. And he took a chance on a mom who had never been a youth minister before, had a history degree, <laughs> so um, I, I guess it paid off. I, I don't know because then when he <laughs> yes, was probably, re- yeah. when he was reassigned or he knew he was going to be reassigned, he was funny because he said, "You're coming with me." And I'm like, uh, "Depends on where that is, Father." <laughs> so he did find out that he was going to go to Newark, and he said, "It's," and I said, "It has to be at least just 30 minutes from door to door from my house. I can't go down on the river." My first vocation is to my family. So he found out and he called me. He said, it's 30 minutes door to door. Are you coming? <laughs> <laughs> so I said, let me pray about it. And it was, it was hard to leave St. John Newman. I just loved all the people there and especially the teenagers. We were just talking about teenagers today <laughs> at lunch and how amazing they are. Um, but the community at St. Francis has been so welcoming and awesome that I mean, I it has changed my faith to be there. They are uh, very loving and have embraced both of us. So we're we're loving it there. Nice. So yeah. awesome. And how long has it been? You guys going on six years? We are in our sixth year. Okay. Whoa. Never thought we'd get there. Time has gone so fast. <laughs> I, I remember. I remember because I, when I was in high school, I would go to St. John Newman for like Fridays with my youth group. Their family had an adoration hour, so we would bring the youth minister's guitar, and we would just kind of make it into a praise and worship. Oh, so that was um, Iglesias. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Justin. Justin. Yep. Yes. Justin. Yeah. He was waiting yes. through a certain high school. Yeah. And then I remember I got close with Father Dave Sizemore, and then he left St. John Newman or got reassigned to St. Francis. So I can't believe it's been six years. <laughs> well, that is crazy. In our six, but yeah. 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 That's, wow. Time flies. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, and you guys have done a lot of things in those six years, like out uh, at the new parish. Um, well, the first thing he said to me is, we are not waiting as long as we did at St. John Newman to do things here. I'm like, okay, yeah. whatever so that means. the ground running, <laughs> it seems. <laughs> Let's do it. How did the community react to that, doing things so quickly? Um, they were a little overwhelmed, but 
I, I think a lot of them were hungry because there there were uh, you know. I, I don't know. When we got there, I know RCIA was was going strong, and they had Fruit of the Vine, which is their charismatic prayer group, and they've been around. Um, they were the first group in in the Columbus area, um, but there was not a lot of other things going on. So they were ready for something, but they just didn't know <laughs> how much we were going to bring. But we started with Alpha, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they always say shut everything down. We just had everybody come, and then. We rolled out Walking with Purpose and That Man Is You and Scripture Studies, and um, and it just keeps growing from there. Yeah. And so what we brought you here today to talk about is the Rescue Project. So, um, so Alpha good. and Rescue are two big charismatic encounter programs that um, we're introducing through the Proclaim podcast um, and just providing support and resources for that for all of our parishes around the diocese who might want to try to run it. So um, how's it going I know you started Rescue in, was it October? Yes. The first fund? started in October. It's, it's just so good. Um, and people have asked me, what should I do, Alpha? Should I do Rescue? And there, there, are, there are many similarities, but I think the biggest difference is um, Alpha's a little longer and a little gentler, and Rescue Project is bold. It's in your face. It is like, <laughs> here it is. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, you really have to respond yeah. because it, Father Ricardo is a master at bringing you in, in, into an encounter with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. We love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how's the response been so far? Really, really good. I, um, our leaders, we would, you know, we meet before and after and every time we'd meet with the leaders, because it, it starts off a little slow. People are a little apprehensive. Um, but then they really jump in. And so we would, I would ask them, give me one word to describe how tonight went. And the first couple nights were getting there, um, apprehensive, listening, those kinds of things. Later on, it was, wow. <laughs> I mean, literally, they'd say, wow. <laughs> um, and they could see so much happening. And um, their participants, our guests, just couldn't wait to talk about what they saw in the videos. And they didn't really want to miss a single word. He does have you hanging on every word oh, yeah. when he's presenting. So it's, it's so well done. And he structures those episodes. It's almost like, okay, Abby, this will make no sense to you. But back in the day, we had to watch TV shows and then wait. I was like, wait. where are you going the whole week before the yeah. next episode came out? And we called them cliffhangers. And it was like, Oh my gosh, like, and you'd literally end with like someone on a soap opera show hanging off a cliff, you know, and you're like, are they going to die or not die? We don't know. But like Father Ricardo in Rescue Project, he, he is the master of the cliffhanger. Like you end one episode and it's like, wait, I'm ready for the next one right now, you know, and mm-hmm. like, you just want to binge like watch a, and go like straight through Netflix them. for Father Ricardo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they need. So you can just watch the whole thing in one night. Yes. That, but the beauty <laughs> of it training. is though, it's totally free. All you yeah. have to do is go mm-hmm. to rescueproject.us. You can watch it on your own. My husband and I have been watching it together because um, <clears throat> he prefers to do that. Like a lot of people just rather be at home to do yeah. it. And he's so impressed. It's not easy to impress my husband. Yeah. yeah. What would you say is like the pros and cons of doing it by yourself or doing it like with, I know a lot of parishes, my parish just started Rescue Project last week. Um, and we have like a hundred some people signed up, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, but what would you say is like the pros or cons to doing it by yourself at home or like doing it in a community setting? 
it's the same as doing your faith that way. You That's know. true. <laughs> Some of us are more introverted. Mm -hmm. I am not one of those people. <laughs> um, and you, you kind of feel like your faith is private. But our faith is personal, but it's never private because we want to take everyone with us to heaven that we can. So we, we try to uh, cater to some of those personalities so that they're not overwhelmed by the extroverts like me and give them some time to journal alone or prayer time alone, um, but then also include them in a conversation with a small group. And we make sure our small group leaders know just because people aren't talking doesn't mean nothing's happening. Wait, uh, I love that. Right, because yeah. the Lord's working in our hearts all the time. And you can encourage people individually. You just have to know um, what, what their need is. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. No, that makes sense. So you guys started in October. Mm -hmm. Have you guys finished? Mm -hmm. okay. We finished the first um, rescue project. Okay. And at the end, I said, okay, you all can now do this. Like, yeah. you need to do this in your home and invite people into your home that would never walk into a church and share the gospel with them. Yeah. As Father Ricardo says, it's we don't think anyone's ever heard the gospel. Well, we know that's not true. Our priests work very hard to present the gospel to us, but this is presented in such a compelling way that you can't help but respond and say, wow, I never heard that before. Um, so we want people to be reached with that message. So we are started, we've started again. Okay. And um, several of us went to the training, uh, which was really great. You just love having access to Father Ricardo and his team. <laughs> um, we're groupies, I think. Um, <laughs> so I've passed it on to so uh, someone else who can certainly run it because they were at the training too. And they're doing a great job. We had, we had about like 120 the first time around and we did not have room for them. Somehow the Lord multiplied our rooms, our <laughs> chairs, whatever. We did it. And this time we are right around. They, they said, I don't know if it's going to go. We only have 20. I don't know if it's going to go. We only have 30. And we know being Catholic, we're always the last minute, right? Everything <laughs> is last minute. Yep. They're well over 60. And a lot of people in our community prefer not to drive at night. So that could be part of the reason that we don't quite have quite as many. But um, it's exciting. And they're loving it. And there are people coming that we see like, oh, I am so glad they're here. We're so excited for them to receive. You know, people. sometimes people serve all the time or they're just living life that is, is hard. And we want to serve them. We want them to receive and just experience it and not have to do anything. Yeah. I was really happy at ours. So we're a couple weeks in. And um, I was so happy to see so many parish leaders sign up because it's like, it's almost like a mini retreat for them, you know, week mm -hmm. after week. It's like, and some of them I even said that too. They walked in, they looked exhausted and like, how's your day? And they're like awful. And I'm like, come in here and just receive tonight. You don't have to work. Mm -hmm. just come, we're going to feed you. It's going to be great, you know, and, and they leave and um, yeah, it's been really good so far. So, so what's been like the biggest feedback that you've um, gotten, at least, you know, from the fall or from, you know, this group now, I know they're just kind of getting started, but. I think as far as the video content goes, uh, Father Ricardo spends two sessions on explaining who Satan is and what his goal is. And I think we kind of try to minimize his effect in our lives and in our world. And it's astounding to people the power that, that Satan could have if we don't know he's our adversary. Um, so he 
does a really good job of that. And he says, but then we're going to give two sessions to Jesus too, because obviously... He's, yeah. he's yeah. our king, and, yeah. and that's the where we're going. It's really bad, but then but we can't that's stay why, there. Right. The good news there. is better. Yeah. So. But, but that's mm-hmm. why we need Jesus. And if you think Satan doesn't exist, why, why would you need Jesus? I mean, I really think that's why we have a crisis of faith in our culture. What do I need that for? Like, my life is pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the reality um, of heaven and the reality of the metaphysical world is not apparent to our culture right now. The whole scientism thing has us, us fooled, um, but Jesus is real and God is real. And Father Ricardo makes that, he makes the point with scientific evidence. So it speaks to our culture. He speaks to our culture and it's, I just think it's phenomenal. That's really beautiful. And, um, you know, you speak with such a passion about Rescue Project Live, and we've kind of talked about some of the mechanics of it and uh, how it's going to the parish. I'm just wondering, how has it impacted you personally uh, in your faith life, and how how are you sharing that with other people? Personally, it gives me even more confidence in the reality of God. I, I've I've been pretty confident in that for quite a while, but you know, we always need new ammunition <laughs> and not necessarily apologetics so that we can win an argument. But I, I know that I can sit in the confidence of God and win a soul, not necessarily an argument because I don't have to be right about everything because he's right about everything. So it gives me that confidence to just be and listen, encourage. Um, I, I don't, I don't think I told you this, Liz, but I, um, every now and then we'll get a massage, and my massage therapist uh, told me that he was an atheist, that he had left Buddhism, and just wasn't really into any of that. And that's over time. I watched that movie, oh, LeBron James does it, and it's the nine um, lives that were in the cave, and the whole state, the whole town, the whole world was invested in saving them, and it happened in Thailand. And I told him about it, and I thought how encouraged I was for that. And he said, well, I was born there. (laughs) I said, you would love this. And he says, yeah, but I'm not really into my religion. And I said, but don't you think there's still goodness there, even though people maybe be doing things that are doing something to discount it for you? He's like, wow, I never thought about that. And so that (laughs) was an evangelization moment. I didn't have mm-hmm. to really talk about Jesus, but I had an inroad to encourage him in what he was raised in. So next time he asks me, he says, well, you're Catholic, aren't you? And he knows. I said, yes. <laughs> so there are other conversations, but I rest in that. Mm-hmm. And I love that Jesus has given me this relationship to bring him to others. That's awesome. Yeah. I went wow. to a conference over, when was it? Right before New Year's. And they were like, at the end of the conference, they were like, you now have a duty to spread the good news. Like, if you don't, you're actually going against the calling that the Lord has given you. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of gotten out of practice, if I'm being completely honest, of like, when I go out to dinner, my boyfriend is always the one to be like, hey, like, we're we're about to pray for our meal. Like, is there any way that we can pray for you? And I'm always like sitting there like, ugh, not again. Mm -hmm. And I like said that one time to him, And I was like, and I stopped myself immediately after. And I was like, actually, no, like you're encouraging me. Like as much as it is uncomfortable to like say to other people, at least personally, it is of like, hey, like 
can I pray for you? Like, can I, mm-hmm. can I offer you the gospel right now? Like, as, as uncomfortable as that is, it's actually, no matter what happens in that conversation, like we had a conversation with a waiter and he actually ended up coming back to our table a couple minutes later and was like, hey, like, thanks so much. Like, I'm not really super religious, but you actually just, he was, you actually just encouraged me to maybe look into something. And we were mm-hmm. like, praise God. Right. Like, yes. just us asking how yes. we could pray for yeah. him was just mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. actually, I'm not religious, but it helps. Mm-hmm. And who uh, doesn't want to be prayed for? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's like, who's going to say no <laughs> to like, right. you know, we went out to dinner another time and we were like, how, how can we pray for you? And they were like, oh, just for like health and well-being. And they were like, oh, I'm kind of struggling with money. And then after we were like, let's we really like just had a calling in our hearts of like let's bless this waitress like let's give her a tip that we really wouldn't give her and we gave her a tip and she was like she just like looked at us and was like mm-hmm. why and we were like because like Jesus loves you and she was like he does and we were like yeah he does and she was <laughs> like <correct>. okay <laughs> um, and it was just like those um, moments as uncomfortable yeah. as they are they like they're not, they're not paying me right now, but they will pay me eternally in heaven with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you just sharing that is really encouraging, honestly, to me, to, to still do it, even if um, people shut you down. Yeah. yeah. They're always worth the risk. <laughs> yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Tina, uh, we just have a few minutes left, but um, give us some practicals, like best practices for running rescue or alpha or anything. You know, like what what are your like non-negotiables when you're when you're putting on something like this? Um, one thing I always tell my leaders when I have our leadership summit that I don't like to call things a program because it's just, but it's a framework. I call them offerings because this is the framework where we foster an encounter with Jesus Christ. And we have to have an encounter with Jesus or it doesn't fall into place. It's until we have that encounter. So we, prayer, everything is bathed in prayer. And we offer it to God and just ask big. (laughs) And I pray for people by name and adoration because I am running the registration. And I tell all of our leaders, pray for everyone by name because you'll know their names when they get there. (laughs) And so we're praying for those encounters. But for a rescue project in particular... I mentioned allowing for the journaling after the the videos because they're so jam-packed. They need time to unpack that before they can actually jump into a, a conversation. And one thing that we added this time that isn't really in their instructions, they, they allow prayer from the beginning. Uh, isn't that funny that they allow prayer from the beginning? But we try not to alienate anyone with prayer. Like you said, some people are uncomfortable with it. But we've added a spontaneous prayer at the end so it's modeled and it's comfortable when we come around to the retreat for rescue pro- the rescue project. So um, those right there are the main things. Just given, rescue project gives you everything, mm-hmm. but those were the things that we wanted to add in to make it a better experience, um, those particulars, but and when, an encounter. <laughs> when you model that prayer, is it done from one person at the front of the room or is it done from leaders at the table? What does that look like? The leaders at the table. Okay. We, we, that's the sacred space, and um, we wanted them to give that, that comfort and privacy so that the leaders are, are leading that. Um, in a lot of my other um, offerings, I will lead the prayer because I want them to see 
Um, it doesn't have to be awkward, and we can have this intimacy with Jesus, and we can listen to his voice, and, but it takes time and training. Um, it, doesn't, it just seems silly that we should have to train ourselves in that. It should be a natural with God, but we have noise in our world, and we are saying, God, I need this, I need this, I need this, see you later, bye. And we don't listen, but it's so um, encouraging when you really get a word from the Lord. Well, on that note, should we end with a prayer? Sure. Okay. Do it. Andrew, do you want to lead us? <clears throat> My voice is like gone. <laughs> That's why I'm very quiet over here. Someone else can do it. <laughs> okay, just kidding. Yeah. All right. In Let's the name of the it. Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together and for everyone that's here. Um, Lord, we ask for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Um over all those currently participating in rescue projects and all of those who who will be invited in in the future. Um, Lord, we hand all of this back to you. You, you give us the tools and um, the resources to do great things, and, and we give all the glory back to you. We just ask for your protection and um, guidance for everyone involved. We ask all things in your name. Amen. 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 Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tina. And well, where Rescue Project, if anyone wants to, maybe their parish isn't offering it right now, if they've stumbled upon Proclaim Columbus podcast randomly on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else podcasts are offered, <laughs> um, is it rescueproject.us? Yes. Perfect. Rescueproject.us. Awesome. All free. All free. We love free. (laughs) All right, guys, we will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Proclaim Columbus podcast. And until next time, go and proclaim God's glory.